Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Tuesday podcast on the 19th of December 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, joined today by Eric Pfeiffer, C.J. Miller, and Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin, who has a not-quite-as-cold-and-windy weather outlook for today. The Hat Podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com for more and stop by your local branch to talk about your ag operation today. In the news, Eric checks in from the Panama Canal with Indiana farmers, checking out the drought-induced shipping slowdowns there, and meet the new second vice president at Indiana Farm Bureau. Mixed ag markets yesterday, John Zanker analysis straight ahead on the Hoosier Ag Today Tuesday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. In Indiana, there isn't a country road, county highway, or interstate where you don't pass a farm. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. Those of us involved in agribusiness understand the importance of our industry. ACI exists to advocate for the needs of our members and the whole of Indiana agribusiness at the State House and beyond. We hope you'll join us. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Eric Pfeiffer joins us with a report from the Panama Canal and introducing Indiana Farm Bureau's new second vice president. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Our Eric Pfeiffer is on the road. He's in Panama this week reporting how drought conditions are impacting ag exports through the Panama Canal. Eric? We've been talking for two years now about the water levels on the Mississippi River and how that's negatively impacting shipping times for grain. But similar issues are holding up grain barges here in Central America. The Indiana Soybean Alliance and some of their farmer directors are in Panama with me this week to get a first-hand look at the issues we're seeing at the canal. Mike Caney farms in southeastern Indiana and serves on the executive board of the Soy Transportation Coalition. He explains why this is so important to U.S. farmers. So number one commodity through here is always containers. That's the number one thing that they ship through here. There's about 30 million containers a year go through the Panama Canal. Um, you know, how many of them are ag products? I don't really know, but there's probably quite a few uh, with the container beans and with the chilled meat and stuff like that that we ship uh, overseas. And then, you know, number two is bulk ag commodities. So when you start talking number two, that's a big number when you start, and it's, it sure adds up after a while if everything slows down and we can't get that product through. Our tour guide, Ricardo, tells us that Panama typically receives around 130 inches of rain a year. This year was about half of that due to El Nino. How bad is the log jam due to drought? They're talking, you know, 18 to 22 days out getting through the canal now. So that's, that's a long time to be waiting to get through. Currently, they're only allowing about half the traffic through the canal as usual. 
Caney will have continued meetings this week at the Panama Canal with the Soy Transportation Coalition. He says the rest of the Indiana Soybean Alliance group will meet with other groups working to move the soybean pile in the region for progress updates. The U.S. Meat Export Federation and the U.S. Poultry and Egg Export and uh, USEC, which is the U.S. Soy Export Council, and they're going to learn more about what goes on down here and in the projects we do have projects that we fund down here in Panama too so they're going to learn about that kind of stuff and uh, it, it should be a very informative uh, couple days here and we'll be visiting markets and stores offering Indiana and U.S. food products I'll have much more from my trip to Central America in the coming days from the Panama Canal I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Well, this past Saturday in Fort Wayne, the newly elected second vice president of Indiana Farm Bureau was proud to complete a trifecta as three women in a row now from District 4 have been elected to that state leadership post. Andy Eubank reports. Janice Hiley of Huntington won the INFB election, getting a majority on the third ballot. She follows Carolyn Hagel and outgoing Isabella Chisholm as Indiana Farm Bureau second vice president. Thank you to the leadership that's come before me, and I just embrace continuing to build on that. Hiley says her move to join state leadership stems from her overall passion for advocating for the ag industry. And I was currently serving on the Women's Leadership Committee, and when the opportunity came up to take this next step in my leadership, I jumped at the chance because I, I just have a passion, as I said, for advocating for agriculture in the Indiana Farm Bureau. Her involvement in agriculture goes beyond Farm Bureau. It includes being a director on the Indiana Corn Marketing Council board and her day job. I work full time as a risk advisor, working with farmers on cash sales and hedging and advising them. And we're going into a, you know, a little tougher year with our grain markets here. So just getting out there advocating at the county level, the state level, and even the national level. Highly told Hat there are plenty of local, state, and national issues that Indiana Farm Bureau needs to stay on top of to truly serve its members. You know, we're trying to get this farm bill across the finish line. We just always, we want to be on our toes and mindful of what our members need. Uh, we are a grassroots organization, so making sure that we're supporting them in what whatever way they need. Working with Randy and Kendall, I look forward to this opportunity and being a part of that leadership team. Her goal is to make sure all members' voices are heard and a true open-door policy is something they can expect from her. INFB President Randy Crone says he looks forward to working with Janice Hiley. She has energy and passion, you know, just like Isabella served for 17 years and gave, you know, gave it her all to support agriculture, advocate for agriculture, and I'm sure Janice will do the same. Other candidates in the mix on Saturday, Margaret Gladden and Cindy Ramsey. I'm Andy Eubank. And I'm C.J. Miller. Who's your Ag Today? Indiana's Farm Radio Network. Let's face it. Operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. 
I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Moving through your Tuesday, we are not quite as cold as yesterday. We're seeing south winds start to develop over the area, and that's going to allow temperatures to moderate the rest of this week. Now today, just getting started on that. There's still plenty of cold air here. The big idea is the fact that winds are not as strong, so you don't have wind chill, and we're definitely not seeing the lake effect and lake enhancement that we saw yesterday with all the snow squalls and everything else that was trying to happen over the state. So the better day, sure, but not the best. I think we get much milder air in here for tomorrow, and we'll see some sunshine. Thursday starts with sunshine, but then we're going to have to deal with clouds increasing, and the increasing clouds lead to a little bit of precipitation. Precipitation. I think we have to allow for some hit and miss rain shower activity all the way from Thursday afternoon and night through Friday and even lingering into Saturday. Most of this is going to be central and southern Indiana, but the clouds are going to be statewide. Sunday, Christmas Eve, I think we see a mix of clouds and sunshine and we're still mild. But then on Christmas Day, moisture is going to start to lift in. It probably does not get into southwest Indiana until close to Christmas night. But overnight, Christmas night through the day after Christmas, that's when we see significant rains coming through. Right now, looking at anywhere from a quarter to one inch potentially. And cold air is coming with this system as well. The cold air likely shows up overnight, the 26th into Wednesday, the 27th. And we could see some lingering snow showers wrapping around behind this low because of the cold air that would linger through the 27th and into early the 28th so not really enough for a white Christmas but maybe we'll have a little bit of the white stuff shortly after Christmas the cold air mass that's taking control after Christmas does look to be for real extending over a large part of the country by the 28th so I think we're finally going to shift gears into a slightly cooler pattern not brutally cold Let's be clear, it's not like we're talking about uh, big Arctic blasts or anything like that, but I think we get back closer to where we should be to finish out December and get into January. Whether or not the pattern can hold longer term, that's still up for some debate as we're looking at another surge of warm air coming across the southwestern United States, likely as we head toward the New Year's Day holiday. That's a look at your forecast update. Have a great rest of your day. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Mixed markets with gains only in soybeans. This is Who's Your Ag Today. It's the Monday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank, and I'll have settlements from Monday trade coming up. But first, market analysis from John Zanker of Risk Management Commodities. I spoke with him at the end of the trading day. John, a slow start for the soybean futures market. It started lower, but it has gained a little bit of strength as the day has gone on a number of factors could be at play as we look at brazil weather we'll look for an update from you there but also export inspections uh, actually pretty good for both corn and soybeans not too bad uh, corn at 37.3 versus the 10-week average of 25.6 that's a pretty good number for this time of the year um and um you know hopefully we'll start to uh, see see that number get up above the 40 million mark here in the next few weeks and uh soybeans at 51.9 not bad but if you compare it to last year uh, not overly impressive and the 10-week average of 65.3 but uh it was better than expected and uh helped push futures a little bit higher we did 10.5 versus 9.5 10-week average milo 10.6 and uh, i like to kind of include milo in with corn each week and um, you know, here's a number that's up there close to 50 million combined. That's not too shabby. And uh, I believe that's about the third best of the marketing year for soy or for uh, Milo. So 
some good news and uh unfortunately the corn market didn't look at it as anything too exciting and what about that weather in south america is there a little bit of a risk premium being put back into the bean market or no maybe a little bit and you know we've what six seven mondays in a row now <laughs> it seems like where we we talk about this Mato Grosso forecast and there's pretty good rains in the 8 to 15 um but uh, once we get to that eighth day, they're not there, and we're on another one of those eighth days, and uh, it's not raining. Now, uh, some weather groups have some pretty decent rain showing up as early as Wednesday. Um, some other maps not showing that, so I guess we'll just wait and see if this is the real one or not. But there is rain in the forecast. Uh, I'm happy to see soybeans trading higher today. I would not necessarily have expected that earlier this morning should we look to the red sea as well uh, for impacts on u.s markets with another houthi rebel attack on an oil tanker there is that impacting grain shipments as well or potentially if you're moving corn wheat beans whatever through the suez canal and you're close to that red sea there is some concern there so um, that just adds to the cost of importing from us or Brazil, and uh, it's not a good thing. And it, it's a good thing if you're long crude oil futures. At one point today, they were up close to $3 or so, uh, backing off a little bit. And I'm not sure uh, where that tanker was registered to or how much damage it's actually sustained, but uh, why the uh, Houthi rebels are interested in shooting missiles at tankers in the Red Sea, I'm not sure, but uh, my guess is it's not gonna work in their favor eventually. John Zanker, Risk Management Commodities, his number 866-837-9027. On the hat, Monday Farm Market Review, down six cents on March corn, settling at 477. May ends at 489 and a half, down five and three quarters. July goes down just under five dollars. January beans, 1327, a pickup of 11 and a quarter, and an eight and a half cent gain on March, 1340. March wheat, though, 12 and a quarter lower at 617. The meat's mixed and quiet. February live cattle, 169.62, up 27. February lean hogs, 71.57, down 32. I'm Andy Eubank with the Monday Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network. 